Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce and the Yang. Hello, future people, and you are again listening to the Getting Tabled with your host, the Bruce. Hey, it's me. Did you hear me almost slip up and call it the wrong podcast? <laughs> it's been a little while. I think you should have gotten out of that by now. Right, right. I mean, but I was I was literally so close to actually saying the wrong name there. Um, Bruce and I are doing something new. We're actually looking at each other. It's it's kind of I feel kind of ashamed of my hobby. Yes, my hobby bench is behind me, and so it's an absolute mess right now. Yeah, but I have my bed behind me that's not made, so you still win by the because it's the least hobby yeah yeah Uh, i have some bases within reach oh (laughs) oh hey actually i can show you this um first and foremost are those some of your uh ratty bases no they're actually for my kill team that i totally haven't forgotten about oh so you know uh, how i bought all of that kill team stuff and like i bought two armies ready to build and i made the bases and then i bought skaven and all of my attention went to skaven and then marvel and i'm I'm a hobbyist, dude, and it happens. It's a very scroll moment. So before we get going to things, uh, big shout out again to JP. Um, we, we, we we mentioned that something's echoing. There we go. No? All right, we mentioned that he uh, was going to send us some coins uh, because the depth count wasn't happening. You're echoing really bad. Am I? Yeah. Can you see the coin? I can see the coin. It's very pretty. Okay. I still haven't got so, mine yet. Well, yeah, it has to go by Dolphin. That and the entire world's postal system seems to have fallen into a hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thanks thanks again to jp for uh thinking of us on that and everything and yeah um oh and uh thank you to him again for um becoming a patreon we we do appreciate it. um should we get into that news thing called news the news thing called news yes let's discuss the news newly received or noteworthy information especially about recent or important events In the news, uh, what are we talking about here? Uh, Warhammer Preview Three: Revenge of the Preview. What? Yeah, so there's actually been a there's actually been a couple of different previews that they've done, because they're closed down at the moment and they can't really do a lot. They've been giving previews into what's coming over the next goodness knows how many months. Uh, this particular one mainly is showing off the Sons of Behemoth. Which Behemoth to me is a dragon god, but apparently in Age of Sigma it's to do with giants. But anyway, uh, the new giants look amazing. They are like half a body taller than the old giant, which is not going. Hey, I figured out why I had an echo. Awesome. My soundbar was still on from when I had that on, so that Casey and Sam could hear you. That'll do it. That'll do it. Oh my god, that so guy for... looks amazing. Yeah. For those that haven't seen it, these appear to be for anyone that's familiar with the Mantic giant that came out in. The the second half of last year it appears to be roughly about the same size but this is a plastic kit as opposed to rustic and you can build one of three different giants from the one kit as opposed to well it's the same giant but you have options of wearing other clothing with the mantic one i'm not downplaying the mantic giant i still think it's one of the best giants in the market but g-dub now have a compare g-dub now have something to compete with it I, i love the arrow sticking out of his calf there oh yeah 
the magic one comes with a truckload of those arrows. Uh, for anyone that hasn't worked with those sort of things before, just expect them to break. It will happen. They will not stay on your model forever. Shocking. I know, right? Something really small and flimsy will break. So they give a size comparison. Um, the existing giant with his mace comes up to around the chest area of the existing giant. Uh, his head... Yeah, if you're looking at just the head, it's at the gut. But the top of his actual fence post mace yeah. thing is at around the chest area. Um, otherwise, we got some new reveals for what is reportedly going to be the last of the Blackstone Fortress models. Um, unless there was another one after this. There's talk that Blackstone Fortress is coming to an end. Uh, this one in particular is just drones, uh, which are very like nice-looking drones. They kind of feel like they would fit in um, Independence Day to me. They kind of look like their heads. Oh my god, I have two Georges. Right, I'm in stereo. It's disturbing. <laughs> hey, at least when, you know, on the one view when I'm like this, at least part of my face is covered by my mind. Yeah, that's a bonus. And then in Warcry, we have some Dark Elves. Uh, so this is the first specifically Warcry faction that's not Chaos. Uh, and they are all wearing cloaks that are kind of like half really there and then half sort of magic. It's I'm not sure oh what I think about the cloaks yet. God. It's oh, those are our sisters weird. of Cain. Cain, yeah, Cain yeah, and Shadowstalkers, yeah. yeah. Ooh, now I have... Stop releasing cool stuff like this because now I have a reason to build the sisters of King Army for, the, for this model alone. <laughs> I, I like the one that looks like a snake tail, which is not what it is, but that's what it looks yeah. like. Yeah, no, so that's, there's that's no way that's accidental. So uh, the next one showing here um, with the, the veil over the face, whomever did that painting, they did a really good job of making that look like a see-through veil. Yeah. So for, obviously you can't see what we're looking at. There's a, one of the new elf models um, has a veil over the top which is painted to look like it's semi-see-through. Um, she appears to be wearing a coat hanger around her waist and over her head, um, which is very um, Eastern European, Western Asian looking. Um, it's it's a gorgeous looking model. Uh, there's no way I'm collecting these. That's just not my aesthetic, but they are gorgeous. Apparently this character's thing is that she uses the emotions of her people as weapons against her enemy. So all of the pain and the turmoil that the elves have been through gets weaponized against the enemy. It's kind of a cool idea. I don't know how it'll work on the tabletop, but it's a cool idea. That would be, uh, that'd be very interesting to see, especially after, uh, you know, um, what the, the dwarves have done to the elves after shaving that dwarf's beard off. I'd never thought of that. They wouldn't remember that anymore, though. Also, that happened like centuries before, um, centuries before, yeah, and before, uh, you know, the drudge, dwarf still held a grudge about it, so. That's of course, it's the elves' fault. If the elves hadn't have done it, then look, it's yeah. their own fault. Yeah, no, that's true. It's their fault for being elves. Um, next, uh, Bloodborne. Next, I'm going to cry a little bit. Why? Because they're releasing snotlings for Blood Bowl, and we saw these old crap uh, Chaos Dwarves? Because I'm seeing this as evidence that we're never going to get a Chaos Dwarf team. Because they're releasing snotlings? Yeah. Apparently, snotlings did exist for the original game. I don't remember that. Um, I mean, the models, if you haven't seen them, are amazing. No, they look uh, apparently good. Apparently, they oh, yeah, apparently they're going to make halflings look easy. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, gorgeous looking models. Um, I'd be very interested to see if people can pull something competitive out of something like this. Despite popular opinion, halflings can actually be competitive. It's not easy, but they can be competitive. They have a couple of tricks up their sleeve. So it'll be interesting to see what you can do with 
I, I have seen still it. on Chaos Dwarfs. The, they, the, the guy threw his halfling that was carrying the ball. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. I kind of like the fact that one of the snotlings appears to be riding an alive stone. They have all of these stones that have eyes, which is really weird. Oh, wow. I'm guessing that they're not stones, but they look like stones to me. <clears throat> um, maybe it's some type of golem kind of thing. Like yeah, possibly. Um, next, the original loyalist. Uh, bu- 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 now this is Soul Tarvitz. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul Tarvitz. Um, bu- 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 first ever named Horus Heresy Space Marine, along with Garo Baron and blah blah blah. Uh, he's getting a mini or a new mini. Yep, coming in from the Forge World range. It is a gorgeous looking mini. Um, he, he's not a character I've ever had huge connections with uh, emotionally, uh, but I can imagine that there will be a lot of people that are like, "Oh, I've been waiting for this." For-. If anything, just for the uh, the the I have this guy now. Yay! I still need to, in theory, get Sanguinius, but every time I look at the price, I change. You already got rid of one kidney, right? Yeah. I'm not playing Horus Heresy. I'm never playing Horus Heresy. If I was going to play it, I would play 40k because I'm sorry, Horus Heresy is still the rules of the game. Well, based on the rules of the game that I hated. I'm sorry. I know there are fans of 6th and 7th, but well, 7th, but 7th was a disaster in my opinion with no redeeming qualities. Um, And I'm not even playing 8th, which is the version of the game I prefer. So I'm not going back to that. The next thing, however, makes me go, oh my god, I want it. Oh, uh, Necrons? Yeah. This new Illuminor Xerus. So apparently this is a hero that already existed in the fluff, but he's getting an update. And he has an ability of sucking... So there's a picture of him sucking what looks like blood out of somebody, but that's actually not blood. It's the psychic essence from the psyche. I don't know. If you look at it, um, the dude's losing the, the flesh off his hands too, so it looks like it's maybe sucking up every et- about essence about him that has psychic energy, like his, his yeah. flesh beam, his, uh, his meat sack. Yeah, and I suppose it would have to erupt in order for the psychic essence to get out maybe. Uh, but in law, that's what it apparently is. But this this mini looks amazing. Uh, it it's going to be interesting to see how expensive this is because it's it's uh, going to be I, expensive. I, I put it in the range of a hundred bucks, right up there with a Celestin Prime. It looks like it's going to be around the same size as. I have to remember not to call him by his name that it's not. Robert Gilliman. It's going to be around that price range, I think, because that's going to be the size of Gill- Gilliman? Yeah, I'm trying not to curly- call him what I normally call him. I never call him Gilliman. And we have an Inquisitor with Gilliman. Eldar weapons, which makes me go, what the hell's going on? <laughs> uh, and Yeah, next is, a, is an Eldar. That looks pretty dope. That's a Tyranid skull shoulder pad. Little baby dragon. Yeah. Little baby dragon. It's a Shang, which is just gorgeous so this is draxus uh we have no news as to when any of these things are happening at this point just that they are coming um the the 3d modelers are are able to work at home still yeah though i I have a feeling that a lot of this stuff will have been in the pipeworks for a lot longer than this yeah oh yeah they are working a lot further in the future than most people think that Okay, so next thing up on the list, uh, this actually showed up on my Facebook feed like 30 minutes ago. Okay, an hour ago. Uh, Wolfenstein um, board game. Yeah. Um, now, that's being brought to us by Archon Studio, which is the same team behind the Chronicle X board game that I unboxed about three months ago and still haven't played yet. 
because I'm a, a, an awesome person that has all of these things I never get around to. Um, oh, but that's not even what yeah. the article's about. It's about a Guild Ball thing. Yeah, you skipped ahead. That's okay. No, no, no. It's it, We're on Guild Ball, right? Yeah, but you said Wolfenstein. Well, yeah, it's because it's on the, the it was on the uh, ad banner. Um, Guild Ball. Ah. Uh, back. <laughs> Guild, Wolfenstein is actually coming up in a few articles, which is why I thought oh. you'd skipped. <laughs> um, yeah, new uh, faction for Guild Ball. Um, or an update? A uh, um, little bit of both. So Guild Ball works in seasons, much like a few other competitive games, like, like Infinity and stuff does. Like Blood... Well, yeah, Blood Ball does as well. Well, not, I mean... Not, not this actually sense. has a story that continues. Um, so they've re-released the original set um, with updated sculpts in a bloody red resin. Very uh, Yeah, and they've re-released the set that came after that as well. So you've got one which is called the Bloody Master, which is led by Ox, which for those that have been following the game for a while will recognize he's the original. And the second one, the box set is called the Scarlet Circle. Now, George, if you look at the second picture, there's a guy in the background that's running with his arms behind him and a whole lot oh. of chains wrapped around his arms. Yeah, he's Naruto running. Yep, that is Ox. And if you scroll up, that is actually the guy in the middle that's leading the top one. Okay. okay. That's the veteran one. He ended up in jail and he's broken out of jail and back onto the guild ball save. Oh, okay. Oh, so the bottom one is the original and the, the top one is the new one. No, it's the other way around. So oh, the top okay. the top one is him originally. I don't I, I oh, don't follow okay. the story closely. I just know that he got put in jail for something he did on the field, uh, and he eventually comes back as veteran ox. Oh, okay. There's also a giant chicken leg that's the ball in the top one, and I can't figure out what the bottom one is. I think it's a little piglet. Yeah, it looks like a little ball thing. Uh, the thing I like from the uh, army on the top is the four sides of beef just kind of hanging there. Yeah. So each faction comes with a 3D piece of terrain. So yeah, the top the top one kind of looks like a scene from Rocky where he's beaten up the meat in the meat locker. And the bottom one has a giant mincing. Next on our list, uh, oh, did you have something? No, no, that's all right. Only thing I was going to say, the, the only thing I find weird about the Guild Ball stuff is the colored resin makes it look like it's hard plastic. I know it's not, but it's how it makes it look. Yeah, no, it's it should be the same plastic that the God Tear stuff that you can see right right there. The, that's all God Tear. It should be the same plastic. Yes. It's Steam Forge. Isn't it God Tear? Uh, it's T-E-A-R, so tear. Yeah, but it's English. Yeah, but they're talking. They're about both spelled the same way. Riffs. They're riffs. Okay, so, so it's tears. I, yeah, I, I would assume it's tear. I, I, if not, I'm not going to call it god tier because that's that sounds stupid. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, the tears of the gods have all this power that they're trying to. I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, next on the list is um, scale seventy five. I'm a fan of their paint. I I only have a very yeah. small amount. I will be getting more of it because I do like it. Um, and it comes in a dropper. Um, yep. They're stepping. in into the uh the the pond of let's paint really quick with two thick coats of contrast type paint they are calling yeah. this instant colors uh it's on kickstarter it is well and beyond backed uh half a million oh, yeah. and they only needed 54k um now i'm gonna argue this is kind of like simon where scale 75 is big enough they don't need to do a kickstarter but... out of curiosity yeah um actually yeah they've created eight campaigns in their time yeah 
It's not as bad as Seimon, though. Yeah, no. It's the, 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 and and the, most of the time, when the campaigns I have, it's been for like their their uh, elaborate, fancy, like you know, resin bust, you know, miniatures. And then yeah. I can see doing it on a Kickstarter. It's like, okay, how many of these do we have to make? You know, because yeah, um, there's there's various levels. Uh, it looks like they're primarily available in sets. Uh, they do have some side by sides of like say ten hours versus thirty minutes with their colors. Um, what what, what I do like is they they've gone through and they've actually you know used it on like flat broad surfaces like a space marine um but where's the where's the price breakdown um so for 25 euro yes there which we go. is around 43 um australian i'm forgetting what the simpsons call it anyway australian or, dollars or 28 us dollars uh is a paint set which is six color or no seven colors i can't remember. uh six um no eight it's a set of eight, eight. Okay, so um, set of eight for twenty. Which is slightly bucks. cheaper. So in the case of Australian, their sets usually sell for a little over fifty bucks. So you are actually saving a little bit of money there on our currency. I assume that carries over to everyone else, because we usually get the worst deal out of all of this. Um for seventy euro, which is around hundred and nineteen Aussie dollars. Um seventy six bucks. Yep. You get a paint set with sixteen colours. Um, a medium yeah, to spell a big old bottle of their uh, the medium that you put it oh, on. Yes, and a brush. Oh, and a brush, and a luxury wooden box. Meh. Um, for 210 euros, 356 dollar runies. I still can't remember what it is, I've forgotten the reference. Um, you're getting 48 colors, which is the complete range. You're getting a primer bone color, a primer ice color. So there's your your Gracia and your whatever the Eldar one he is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a primer of holy charm. I'd have to check further to see if they actually show what colors they are. Uh, you get a big bottle of the um, the medium again, two brushes, uh, a, and a wooden box, and a plastic palette, and yeah, a big. It comes in a big giant wooden chest. So that's your big, and then there is a there's a full on giant retailer around. one, which is yeah, it's a, over a thousand bucks, which comes with three of everything. But if you're a retailer, I mean, oh yeah, of course, of course. Um, so I, I'm really interested to check these out. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna actually get any. Um, um I haven't backed it. I'm, either, this I'm, 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 I'm gonna wait for Scale Seventy Five to send me some for free to review you know or, <laughs> or, or wait for someone to do a review and check them out and compare them to contrast yeah look for me i'm looking at this I mean, there are people out that are that are going oh they're just copying gw uh can i just correct you on that immediately gw did not invent contrast paint uh, they weren't the first to the to the thing. They were actually pretty slow on the mark on these. It's an old technology. The only thing G-Dub did was that they made a huge range so that you could paint everything with them, where everybody else had five or six different colors. So what this is, is this is the first full range that can compete with G-Dub. It's not somebody copying. The technology already existed. Most important thing, Bruce, most important thing, uh, their instant bone primer, the bone colored one that i've i've come to like for the the gw contrast yeah uh is out of the ball ready to use in an airbrush oh nice okay so i had my assumptions around the wrong way earlier holy charm is the white bone charm is the yellowy color which is what i expected yep and then ice is the and gray. the ice charm is actually the gray but you can also get it in spray bottles if you want to 
Yeah, you can get in spray cans, but so but those bottles is either brush or airbrush. Yeah. So you don't need to have that stinky, smelly aerosol can. You can just use your airbrush, get a good coat on. Because I I went and found some Vallejo model air that really close to the uh, the median color that uh Games Workshop selling in aerosol. You see my bench there, Bruce. Why would I go outside or like you know do something like that? You know when it's like I can just sit there and do it all with an airbrush and just call it good. Yeah. The only thing I would have to say as a negative on this, which is not really a negative, um, I would like an option to back everything without having to pay for the wooden chests and stuff. Mm, um, yeah. That's a, I'd have that's to do a... the math on it, but I, because especially to Australia, the weight of that is going to kill me um, in <laughs> Literally. postage. Literally. Yeah. It, it, the postage on that would just destroy my wallet. Uh, whereas if I was just buying the paints, I suspect it would work out cheaper for me to buy it at retail when it eventually comes out. I will eventually get well, this stuff. There's no question it, about that. It is going to come out. It, I mean, it is fully backed. So um, I'm kind of excited about this because, like I said, I, I scale 75 in my paint, way better paint than Games Workshop. Um, so it only lead me to believe that, you know, uh, scale 75 contrast is going to be way better than Games Workshop. My only complaint about scale 75 is their line of colors is not just ready to go into an airbrush you have to thin it and do all that stuff so yeah which they've done on purpose um it is also worth for anybody that have not used scale 75 paints um they are creme de la creme they're like right up the top there with g-dub as far as paint quality is concerned um so up the top you would have g-dub and scale 75 just below that you would have the company i prefer which is vallejo um, so yes, you had that right. I'm saying Vallejo is slightly less than G-Dub, but they're the company that I prefer. Uh, and then you've got Army Painter down a little bit further down below. But Scale 75 paints are super, 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 super matte in the way that they come out, um, which can be a little off-putting if you're not expecting it. Where G-Dub have that little bit of a shine in their paints, um, Vallejo are kind of what I would say is the normalish sort of shine. Uh, but everything about Scale 75 is just pure flat matte, uh, which... And yeah. and gorgeously rich pigment. Oh, yeah. The pigments on their paints are amazing. I, I did have a flesh, which they actually picture. Um, they have a, a flesh paint set that you can buy, which pretty much comes with all of the tints and all of the colors that you could ever want to create any skin tone that you wanted to. It comes with instructions on how to create specific ones, such as an African skin tone or an Indian skin tone, etc. Um, I played around with it to create um, a Native American set. Um, I also played around with it to create a more Australian Aboriginal set. Um, you, you can come up with pretty much anything with it. Um, that's probably, as far as flesh tone sets is concerned, it's probably the best one on the market. I did unfortunately eventually have to throw most of mine out because I left it in the sun too long and it went a bit grainy. You do have to be careful about how you store these. Uh, but otherwise, I can't fault the product. I, I, I've heard stories of their yellow covering in one coat. I will have to test the yellow. Next, uh, printable scenery, head to brave new 3D printed world. So printable scenery are a 3D terrain company, fairly well known for like dungeon tiles and that sort of thing. Uh, they've also got like some underground cavern type stuff and that as well. 
This one is going to three very, very different settings. The first one is like an alien Aztec old school type look. So think Stargate-ish. Lizardman. Lizardman, yeah. But it doesn't have to be Lizardman. It could be anything. Right, but, you know, so Stargate, but then if you throw in the term Lizardman, people are going to exactly, it's yeah, going to have true. the Aztec-y, you know, yeah. Um, you get non-ruined versions of the terrain, of the terrain pieces as well. This is called New Eden. There's also a World of Rust, which is a like a post-apocalyptic everything is in ruins set. Mad Max. I love the destroyed plane. Yeah, Mad Max. Print it smaller. Use it for Gaslands. Gaslands is the first thing that came to mind for Ooh, me. Yeah. I love that. Like, there's a crashed aircraft that's just all across the ground with rubble and everything. It looks amazing. And it's like what five different pieces. So I mean, it's like yeah, it's like one cohesive piece of scattered. Yeah. And finally, there is a section called Sanctuary 17, which is a moon base, Mars base type thing, all clean and pristine. I suspect it would look amazing if you dirtied it up a little. Um, so if you wanted to recreate too sterile yeah but can you just can you just imagine i'm sorry hal i can't do that uh or alien for that matter dirty it up make it alien otherwise Bruce, if Bruce, you're looking at the i'm yeah. sorry dave i can't do that oh damn i used the wrong name damn um otherwise it's infinity like it oh, screams infinity to me yeah, it screams infinity like jamie lee curtis in uh, halloween yeah um or otherwise um you can easily do um Space Hulk in it as well. Yeah. Then there's some, have to uh, dirty it up. some other stuff uh, that are stretch goals. Yeah. Uh, so there's quite a few. Th these guys have out. Kickstarters that kind of, that they go off. They're very pop. This is another company that's been around on Kickstarter for a long time. They're not the big company like Simon and Scale 75, but they have been on Kickstarter from the start pretty much. Um, there's quite a few things. They've got a crashed alien spacecraft. Um, there's more stuff for Eden. There's more stuff for pretty much everything. Um, there is actually add-ons that you can buy from their previous Kickstarters if you wanted to buy one of those at a slightly discounted rate, um, which I probably will, but I'm still on the fence about that. I actually do want the new Eden stuff on this. But if I want to buy into this, I'm going to have to buy an FDM printer, which is already on the cards. <laughs> uh, next, um, the Spider Goddess skitters onto Raging Heroes Patreon. So Raging, pa Raging Heroes are the company that make a lot of alternative 40K models. Uh, very much so that there's uh, Katachans that they have that are like sexy female jungle fighter type looks. They're all that sort of look. They've done a lot of other stuff in the past that they couldn't release because they didn't really fit in with their current meta, I guess. So they've created a Patreon of 3D printable models, I should say. Um, the original one from last month is a whole set of pirate-themed stuff. George, you may remember a giant crab with a pirate ship on its back? Uh, vaguely. Yeah, it's the same one. I actually am on their Patreon, but I haven't printed any of their stuff yet. Uh, this is a giant spider lady that just looks insanely creepy. I love everything about this. It screams the boss in Diablo 3 that spends the entire time flirting with your character and creeping you out, which I think is the World 4 boss. I can't remember. Do you have me on that speaker? 
Oh, jeez. What happened there? Well, I keep on hearing myself talk back. Um, should be doing... Dang it. All right. Testing. I'm having too much fun. Apparently. All right. Um, no, I don't remember that crab thing. Um, I will say, though, this looks pretty. Um, no, granted, that is going to be, um, 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 what's that? Uh, relying, relying on the quality of your printer. Yes, very much so. So, so if you've got, like, the cheap one from, um... Uh, yeah you know it's gonna look terrible if you've dropped like five grand yeah you're gonna have one that looks like this uh hell look no to be fair if you, if you have a photon which is like 300 bucks if you're printing these in resin you will be fine um you wouldn't want to print this on a cheap fdm printer though moving on uh, what I flipped out about earlier. Yeah, the thing that I thought you were jumping ahead to. So Archon Studio have a Wolfenstein board game. Board game, not tabletop. Well, it's still tabletop. Anyway, uh, on Kickstarter right now. Board game. It's, it, it's yeah. board game meets tabletop. I was just making it clear the difference between the two. So this particular board game comes with tile terrain, like 2.5D style terrain. Uh, to recreate the very squarish, blocky look of the original games. Um, a whole heap of different minis, obviously, because it's a board game. It's going to have minis. Um, you are a single grey-looking miniature against a whole lot of red zombie Nazi type. You, you, everybody knows what Wolfenstein is at this point. Uh, it also comes with Mecha Hitler. There is a Mecha Hitler, oh, yeah. which is... yeah. yeah. Um, Archon Studio, I kind of hinted at this earlier. Uh, Archon Studio have been around for a little while as well. Um, I did an unboxing for Chronicle X, which is a board game that finally got released this early this year, um, which was very late, but it was late for reasons. It's Kickstarter. Um, really gorgeous. I haven't actually played it yet, unfortunately. I've had mixed reports as to what people think about the actual game itself. Um, it's kind of, think Space Hulk-ish, sort of. Um, so that they do have knowledge in the area. They did a couple of terrain Kickstarters recently as well. Uh, I mentioned a dungeon terrain type one from a little while ago with little, like with really detailed looking walls. There was like a space Hulk alien type one and general dungeon. And, uh, that's another one that I did an unboxing of because I got a free sample because I filled out a form. Um, but yeah, so they've been on Kickstarter for a while. This is not something I'm going to be backing, but it is exciting for those that are excited for it. So just looking at some of the pictures real quick, um, it shows the, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Cooperative gameplay. Yeah, that right there. So that, I, that's I, I like that in board games. I, don't get me wrong. I like, you know, playing, you know, us versus, you know, me versus, you know, the people I'm playing with. But I love it when a board game can be, it's us against the game. Like, let's beat this game. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Um, 120, you get the board game. Um... Yeah, so 120 US dollars is the board game itself. Um, there is 135, which brings the board game pre-assembled. So they're actually giving you the option to put it together yourself, which is kind of nice. Save yourself a few dollars. Um, ironically, they don't ship this to Austria or Germany. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> uh, that would not go down well. in their country. <laughs> uh, no, well... Artwork is different, though, but depictions of that sort of stuff is frowned upon, which might be the main reason why. I mean, th think about it. I mean, would you be a little touchy about that kind of artwork, you know, in Germany? Yeah, that's yeah, my point. It's, it's frowned upon. Yeah. <laughs> um there's a okay so the version i was talking about with the plastic terrain is actually a premium version sorry i didn't realize 
um, I'd, which I'd is 229. The, I'd pay for the premium version for that. But to that be fair, be... it's something that's going to, you could use that dungeon scenery in oh, yeah. almost anything. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. And it, plus it just, it makes the gameplay so much better, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's actually, yeah, the 3D printable terrain is, sorry, not printable. The 3D terrain is really gorgeous. Like they're doing really good stuff here. It's the same technology as the dungeon ones I was talking about a few minutes ago. Um, yeah, they're doing some really nice stuff. Uh, Icon Studio have some really good products going at the moment. They're probably getting to the point of I would start questioning, but I don't know. It'll depend on how their next couple of things go. Um, next, Simon is on Kickstarter. Yeah, I know, right? Why are we talking about Simon again? Literally, like we just talked about this. Oh, my link doesn't work. The power of editing will help us with this. Um, what? The link in the thing doesn't work. Oh, there it is, Frosthaven. Is that the... No, there's a new link there now. Ank, gods of Egypt. So for while George is getting that link up, we spoke in our last episode about some massive questions about Simon right now. Not actually about the fact that they're on Kickstarter too much, uh, which is probably something I say too often. Um, more so the fact that auditors are questioning Simon's books, which is not a good thing. This went live about a day or so after we recorded that. So about two weeks after that news broke. And this says a lot about Simon's fan base. It's currently sitting at $1.8 million. On a despite the fact that... Yeah. I mean, look, their stuff blows up all the time. That That's nothing shocking. But the fact that their fan base is... Which includes a friend of mine, I will add... Um, are still putting that sort of money down for a company whose auditors are looking at them and going, hey, you need to please explain this for three different things, one of which we still don't know what the answer is yet. That really worries me. You, you want to hear it, something? It also new? really wor- It just went up by like $3,000 while I was talking. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> no um, kidding. It, it just went up to 1.865 and it was 1.8 something else. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm going to kick them while they're down. So looking at, looking at the board here and some of the other stuff you know what this game looks like and reminds me a lot of just how everything is colored and everything like that risk god tear oh okay yeah actually i could say that yeah a hex board um looks like you got factions that are different colors of plastic and then you have your little command control cards and yeah it looks like god tear um yeah i mean look don't get me wrong simon are very popular uh, they still have like the most popular board game out retail wise right now, which started as a Kickstarter project, but there's no question that uh, Zombicide is huge. It's not their only massive property either. Um, that's why I'm always so critical of them. Uh, this is very, very Egyptian. Um, oh, absolutely. It, well, yeah. I mean, it is Egyptian, period. Um, I don't know. This looks this looks kind of cool, though. I'm, I'm, oh, uh, no, I'm, it definitely looks cool. That's not the problem I have with it. The problem I have with it is the fact that this is being done on the back of the fact that, like, auditors don't pick out things and make big news about things for no reason. Because if they point out things for no reason, they get sued. Yeah. There has to be a reason for them actually to bring this stuff up. That's the thing I find very worrying about this. Yeah, well, maybe that's why that this is actually, you know, happening is because they're like, okay, well, if you are successful, then yes, yep, you know, that's going to fix this issue you have and you guys need to take care of what's going on. Um, to, to completely jump ship just for a second on my own point of view, can yeah. I just say the Osiris figure, there's part of me that really wants to paint something like that. Oh. Um, 
the, Os- Osiris is standing there with his traditional looking hat thing and he has a whole heap of his fo- followers kneeling before him and praying to him. It looks amazing. I mean, it all oh. looks amazing, but... Which one again? Osiris. Oh, yes, that one, yeah. That one does look pretty good. Oh, I see it down there at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty good. Yeah. I, look, this looks amazing. Like I mentioned, a friend of mine is backing this. Um, it's someone that is actually now following us, but wasn't originally. Um, and I, I just pointed out the news that we discussed last time because it's a friend of mine. And if I didn't say something, I'd feel massively guilty if this doesn't end up funding. I mean, sorry, not funding, if this ends up going belly up. Um, yeah. Because that's that's something that I would consider a, a concern. Um, hopefully it's not, but... Like I said, auditors don't point this stuff out for no reason because yeah. it doesn't go well for them if they do. So if I'm reading this correctly, um, oh, okay, I see what it is. So right now, it looks like you can get all stretch goals included yep. uh, for a hundred bucks, and then for you got some add-ons here like a, a play mat, an art book, and then the Patheon expansion. I think that's the African gods. Let me have a look. Yeah, it looks like it. Oh no, the Pantheon. Okay, the Pantheon expansion is set. Bastet, Hathor, Horus, and Toth. So it's just different gods. Okay, so it's like it's it's the rest of the ones. Okay, so the okay, so there's. To be fair, the Egyptians had no shortage of gods. Four, five, five, five gods. So so total ten gods and followers and stuff like that. So um, that doesn't doesn't sound bad. No, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. Um, yeah, they have, like, like I said, they have some really nice looking stuff. Um, Patar looks amazing. Like, everything about this looks amazing. That's not the concern that I have. Uh, but let's, look, let's move on. I don't want to spend our entire time yeah. talking about the problems that I have with, like, it's just, like I said, but if people want to back this and get it, look, it's a, it's a gorgeous looking product. The problem I have is I would have preferred them to come forward and say, actually, no, this is the answer to your questions before they went live with another project, which is only going to make things more complicated. Because to my knowledge, there has not been a response to that publicly at this time. Maybe there won't be. But if there was news that was going to shoot down the people that are going, hey, this is an issue, given that they know people are talking about it, you would think that they would talk about it publicly because you'd want people to go, no, we're okay. Um, and not just pretend that it's not happening. Yeah, for sure. Next up on our list is a Kickstarter that has not actually gone live yet. Yeah, uh, Thunder Voice uh, talked about this and and shared this a few times. Um, This is kind of cool, and I only say kind of cool because, well, you can transport some brushes, you can transport some paints. um, Are those wet palettes in the bottom of that? Yes, they are. Okay, so maybe that's um, maybe that's it's it's a complete. It's a complete portable paint station. Like, I mean, this this is going to be something that's very niche. It's not ever something that everybody's going to want. Um, so it's by a company called Mini Masterworks. Yeah, they are I working. I, I don't think that's going to work for my setup. All my no, it's <laughs> it's. We don't even know what this thing's going to cost yet. So yeah, um, it's probably more for people like me that actually do move around for their hobby more though more so than people like yourself. They are working closely with a couple of people. Um, Dave Taylor comes to mind, which is the writer that worked with uh, the um, Mel Bowes, the Terraniac, um, to get that book going, which is still in the works. Um, there yeah, is another one, but I can't think about the other one. There was a lot of stuff happening, so yeah, it's been delayed. Yeah. 
Um, so this is a portable painting station that holds paintbrushes, two wet palettes, 48 dropper style paint bottles. This is a project that was brought to most of the group's attention by Thunderboy, Michelle. Uh, I actually ironically had known about it already because I backed one of David Taylor's previous campaigns and it got pointed out to me because he's working with this. So Mini Masterworks is coming to Kickstarter for the first time to create a mobile painting studio. Uh, it's injection molded plastic, which is already good in my eyes. Um, it includes a paintbrush holder two wet palettes, room for up to 48 dropper style paints and miniature storage. It has two removable tool trays that double as water rinse cups. Um, this is definitely going to be a bit of a, a niche product because, I mean, I, I can't see it being something that you're going to use, George, because you don't really go anywhere else to do your hobby. I mean, yeah, I mean, look what I've got. Why would I go anywhere else? Yeah. As opposed to someone like me where I actually do go to friend's house to paints when I'm allowed to, um, there is actually a hobby desk at the local that I would normally go to if I was allowed to. Um, so this actually would be something that I would find very helpful. Um, it's been created by a company called Mini Masterworks. They're calling it the Studio X. Um, at time of recording, I have reached out to them for more information because this hasn't actually gone live on Kickstarter yet. And I was like, do you have like a media package or something for like just more information to get more information out? Uh, they have not responded at this time. It was only done last night. Um, but if there's more information that I can get, we will bring it to you and link it in, in the down below. Um, but this is something that looks... Oh, no idea what it's going to cost. I don't imagine it's going to be cheap, uh, but this is something I'm very keenly going to keep an eye on. I suspect for myself personally, postage is going to make this very difficult because it's not going to be a small item. Yeah. Um, the, the the injection mold plastic, um, that does give me some hope that it will be a fairly uh, rugged and durable case. Yeah. You know, for trans, you know, it'll, it'll hang the banger, banging around and stuff like that. Um, like you said, very niche uh, market there. Um, not really something I would look forward to i would look forward to the money i would spend on that to buying more paint because yeah you can't have enough paint there is a um a miniature that's going to be coming with this as well but there's nothing on news as to whether it's everything or whether it's just certain pledges or but it's it's like a giant monstrosity protecting some creepy evil evil looking girl she's i don't know if she's creepy and evil but she certainly looks upset like angry um next on the list um I, i'm guessing this one's becoming a little near and dear to your heart i love the fact that this came up again um there may be some people that noticed that i'd shared the link to this and i pulled the link only because there was stuff that was being changed um and i kind of wanted to share it again because the information that i had shared changed and was no longer accurate okay a couple of episodes ago i randomly come across a game called bot war this is something inspired by 80s cartoons, which is a subject that I started um, about six months ago, seven months ago. It was a little while ago. We had discussed, like, what if you had He-Man and da 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 Bot War is based on, well, sorry, not based on. It's inspired by several cartoons of the 80s. Transformers is the most obvious one when you see the models. Mask is another one. 
for people that don't remember mask it was like transforming vehicles uh, it was like a car that would transform into like a flying car and a few other things a motorcycle turning into a mini helicopter yeah um there's also inspirations from gi joe and cobra which is a hundred percent something i said should be done um and there's a few others as well like general gundam type ideas so now 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 here's the cool thing it's some guy in australia yeah it's it's a one it's a one-man team like we've said a few times that we try to support the small guys when we can it doesn't get much smaller than a one-man team (laughs) this is as indie as it gets guys uh, but come on. I mean, most of our listeners are around our age, George, as far as I know. We might have a few younger ones, but I'm pretty sure it's mostly our age. Yeah. This is our know. childhood. Yeah. Um, now, so what's going really good for him, uh, he's got a pledge goal of 31993 showing in my currency, I think. Yeah. So being and an Australian a- dollars, um, it's a $50,000 goal oh, yep, there in Australian is. dollars. Yep. And he's at 32,463. Yeah, so he's around 60% there at the moment. There is quite a few stretch goals, some of which he's actually unlocked already um, because he's went, hey, I want to see this get going. I'm just going to unlock these and go. The base pledge is $250, which comes with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 miniatures, one of which is giant. Uh, I don't know the actual millimeter size, but that thing is huge. Um, and then, sorry, Anthony, there's actually two more pledges that are actually around the wrong way. So I'm going to skip ahead to pledge three um, because it's mislabeled, which is the base set coming with the overlords. So for those that have seen the real Transformers movie, the cartoon one from the 80s, not the garbage ones from recently, um, it's got a giant brain-looking thing that possibly might be inspired from someone that asks if you're guilty or innocent and then throws you in the pit if you're an innocent, mm. along with some walking shark people that may potentially look like Transformers, and similar for the crocodile-looking guys. Your next pledge up... Oh, sorry, that one's 350 the next one up is 400, which is the base set plus. I'm just going to call it like that. They're very much inspired by the Insecticons. Um, just, I love these guys. The giant queen looks awesome. She, that queen is 80 mil tall. Um, yeah. And then there's an all in pledge, which is 490. So all of your pledges do allow you to get the unlocks as they go, some of which are based on Dino Riders, which is a franchise that I would love to see somebody try again. Um, they've also already unlocked the ones inspired by Mask. Uh, there's a whole heap of Deceivers. I went to call them Decepticons, but I got I, I, they're not Decepticons. They're Deceivers. Um, but he set it up so that it's nice and simple. It's not confusing other than the fact that there's two of them that's ran the wrong way. Sorry, Anthony, but they are. Um, he's accidentally put the third pledge as the second pledge and the second pledge as the third pledge, which I think is what confused you when you were looking at it, George. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I just thought I was looking at it like 730 in the morning and I was drinking coffee and I was like, what? And and then trying to go and, you know, do backups of servers. So. Yeah, fun. So this is a game that actually exists right now. It does have a player base worldwide. I don't know how large all of the player bases are everywhere. I know that there is people in Australia that play it. I know that there's people in the US that play it because I've been following the community on Facebook um, as of about a week ago. 
I've actually ordered their current starter set that will hopefully arrive this week at some point. Um, if it does, I will be able to show off some resin models. Nice. For anyone that is looking at this, the current starter set is the Atlanticans and I'm trying to remember what they're called, the Valiants. Um, but there's no crossover between the Atlanteans in this set and the new set. It has been designed specifically so that you don't get crossover and multiples of things, which I think is a nice touch. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously excited about this. Um, it's it's kind of nice to see. Oh, and postage is not that much, really. Um, it's a flat rate of 20 within Australia. It's 45 worldwide. Um, oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's not too bad at all. I mean, I'm certainly not free. Um, I mean, well, no, I remember person. I was trying to uh, send that one um, uh, army set or whatever that I found for like super cheap over here. And then just the sheer cost of shipping to get it over to you, it was it was about what you were paying just to get the, the, the kit. Yeah. Um, for people in other countries that are like, I don't know what Australian dollar roonies are. Um, so the base set was 250. That is 157-ish US dollars, 127-ish Great British pounds and 145-ish euros. Uh, the next level up, which was 350, goes to 223, 180, and 206, respectively. So that's USD, Great British Pounds, Euros. The 400 becomes 255, 206, 203-ish, respectively. And the all-in is 312, 253, and 289 respectively um so obviously the australian dollar is not as strong as everybody else's currency in the examples that i've used i've only used those currencies because they're the ones that i know we have listeners from you're welcome to go to google and work out the rest which is how i did it anyway now the other thing i love too is he's from sippy downs that is a really cool name for a place it's worth noting that i have no idea where that is i know it's in queensland so um we have talks um of when when he has time because being a one-man uh, show he is very busy um but trying to get him on and uh chat with him about the the stresses of doing a kickstarter and and being a one-man game company yeah i'm gonna try and talk to anthony anthony is the creator by the way uh i'm gonna try and talk to him about the inspirations um he was kind of talking about how when he was writing the law behind it it kind of almost wrote itself um hopefully this will happen in time that george can just edit this into game talk but worst case scenario it'll go out as a separate thing later on in the week uh but i'm actually hoping to get him on and talk with him within the next 24 hours and that does it for the news should we move over to some hobby? yeah let's talk some hobby i have almost none unfortunately dream blue crying faint All right, what's so, your almost hobby? I'm actually going to start by... George keeps on complaining that he doesn't have a name. So Michelle and I have come up with one. Instead of being the Marine, he's now the Marinade. So he's Marin... So what have you been up to, Marinade? Uh, I got my Vallejo color shift paint. I ordered the uh, Space Dust. Yep, oh, that's the one that you were looking at. Yep, yep. Uh, that came in. Uh, I just, right before we started recording, I popped it open and really looked at it. And... It, they come with a mixing ball already inside the uh, the the drop, which is a nice touch because green stuff will don't do that. Well, let's, I don't think they do. I'd have to double check, but yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't I, do I, that. I, I've got a couple of their color shifts, and they don't. Um, I'm really interested to see how how the uh, Vallejo turns out. Since um, I, I'm going to disagree with you, I think Vallejo is a much better quality than uh, GW. But oh, 
<laughs> it's paint. Look, there's no perfect paint brand. It, it's about no. consistency. Uh, the one thing I will say, Vallejo's primers are better. Uh, their whites are better. Um, but they have airbrush paints that are actually airbrush paints. Um, their dropper bottles make them better almost by default, but I was trying to take dropper bottle versus pot out of the equation on that one and just yeah. talk about paint. So now that I have that, uh, I got the, the bits and pieces for my dreadnought. The dreadnought is assembled. Uh, I can take a couple pictures, post a craft list, and get to going on this uh, drop fleet painting competition now. Yeah. Um, I have had almost no, have I actually done anything hobby wise? I really don't think I have. I've organized some stuff. Oh, I, well, I talked about, I ordered my starter set. It's not here yet though, because I was like, oh, and I, I was kind of, I'd like to have a look at some stuff. The stuff that's coming is resin, but it's not the stuff that's obviously coming in this Kickstarter. So that is something that I've got coming. Uh, I'll be doing some research into 3D printers again because the more that I play around with my resin printer, the more that I realize that if I want to make terrain, and I do, uh, I'm going to have to get an FDM printer as well. So I am currently looking at that because there's only so much I can do with models-wise. I would actually like to, because it's terrain I kind of need. Yeah, well... And, and and your location kind of hinders it, but I am I'm super happy with the uh, some of the MDF stuff from uh, TT Combat. Oh, which we forgot oh. to mention the news: TT Combat shipping again. Oh yes, actually that's a good point. They are open for business again with a skeleton crew. Yes, um, they, they, they're very limited staff, so um, but they, their doors are open and they are shipping. Uh, my guess is that they are going to solely focus on getting orders that came in after the shutdown. But yeah, completely space that. So so that's that's huge news right there. Um, but for you know, spend a hundred pounds and get free shipping and get you know sent to my doorstep and just you know build it, build it. You know, I'm I'm gonna yeah. be pretty happy with that terrain wise. So yeah, and look, um, TT Combat actually is very affordable for me if I get a thing that's big enough. Um, although I mean, their their postage is not super expensive. For anyone that's been kind of waiting for them to reopen, though, just keep in mind that, like George said, they will be shipping out the stuff that have been waiting first than the new one. So if you place an order, please keep in mind, obviously, that there's going to be a bit of a waiting period, and it's a skeleton crew because it kind of has to be in the current situation. But look, anybody that's reopening and able to get back into business is good because it's going to help. Like we don't want companies going down because of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's super hard in the the case of you know they're not essential i mean there, there's a guy in florida he got arrested for delivering comic books to his customers doors because he can't be open because he's not essential so he can't have customers in so he was doing a two-year door service and he got arrested for doing that oh i hadn't heard about that but yeah that's interesting I guess the, the way around that should have been to use the postal service. But if your postal service is anything like ours. Well, y yes and no. I mean, it, it, it's getting overloaded with everything right now because of, yeah. um, uh, what's that called? Everybody's doing online shopping instead of in person. That, yeah. That's Well, and then and the, yeah. the, those st the staffing on that's reduced because of, you know, distancing and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. We, we've had a really boring hobby. I um, I've not really had the time to um as much as a lot of people are out and about at home at the moment i'm still going full-fledged so yeah i'm gonna try and get some stuff done this afternoon if i can i still want to get a get a copy sorry i still want to get a game of Reichbusters in which i might actually try to do this afternoon given that i didn't get a chance to do it after recording last um so and then we have this uh upcoming game talk segment that you're going to do 
Um, yep. So I'll we'll make a space down. for that. Talk nerdy to me. So thank you again for giving the opportunity to speak to you, Anthony. Oh, sure. It's actually great to speak to You're now the second Australian I've done an interview with. I... So Bot Wars is the game we're referring to. Yeah. Um, for those that are listening, you will have heard us talk a little bit about the Kickstarter during the news section. Anthony is the creator of the game, created the game two years ago. One-man team, you call it. Yes, it has been a one-man team. Yeah, pretty much up until now, everything that you've been able to achieve for the game has been through pretty much a, a fairly loyal customer base, which is not easy to come across. Yeah, actually, um, they've been fantastic, actually. The um, the guys, they actually have been so fantastic. I had a, um, a bit of a policy quite early on when I started this because um, one thing that, um, I don't even actually know how to approach it, but my policy basically was just to be myself and be authentic and yeah. be quite quite transparent like i just is that I, why I, you and is it aiden that you play the games with all the time yeah he's local here yeah aiden. yeah is that because uh, you and him always make jokes about uh who was it that wrote these rules yeah that's right <laughs> It's because it's because I write the rules right, and then when he um, and then when we play, if something goes in my favour, he always blames me because like I've written, <laughs> I've written the rules. But um, but yeah, he um, yeah he they you know like the mod team for the Facebook group are really sort of like my Mournival, I guess. Yeah. And um, that term from the from the heresy books, and those guys have been really uh, really helpful. Yeah. Um, they just help out off their own back actually. Um, which is which is amazing, and but yeah, the cast... it's good because it makes the because I joined the group a weekish ago, and it's just just very warm and welcome. As far as I'm concerned, like the hobby is lends itself very well to that. Like it's got yeah. like I've been in the hobby for oh mate, what twenty seven years? Yeah. So so back in those days, like you remember it what it was that brought you in? Oh, it was uh, Warhammer. Oh, uh, Her- I thought it might have been Her- from the Heresy comment. No, 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 Her- Heroes Quest actually. Um, oh, nice. So I started with Heroes Quest and then had a break for a bit and then Warhammer Fantasy came out and Necromunda. When 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 basically Games Workshop was bringing out all those box sets back in sort of second edition 40K time. So that's, that. what's that, early 90s when I yeah, started? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so um, it was very different than the hobby. It was very sort of, uh, do I say, tr- maybe so tribal perhaps? Like, so, oh, you're in the hobby. Oh, I'm in the hobby. Like, then all of a sudden you sort of brothers, you know. So that's that's what I felt it was like back then. So and I went through uh, right through the Warhammer tournament scene, and I worked for Games Workshop in the UK for several years, and then came back to it, came back to Australia. That's sort of what it was like for me. But now it's like expand, like the whole industry has expanded so much back from oh, those. It's just nuts. Like it's just so much. Like every, it seems like every other day there's a new person coming out with sculpts and stuff for miniatures and things like that which which is pretty amazing really like the the amount of different stuff coming out but, especially um, given how niche this hobby started that's right it like, still is yeah that's right it is actually still a niche market but it's it there's just a lot of competition it's like highly competitive market and i knew that going into it what it was going to be i actually studied this uh for my mba in uni um oh, nice. so i i i went back to uni and did my master's in business and i started trading galaxy off the back of that it's an interest it's a it's an interesting industry and it's and it's it's really categorized by the level of competition 
that's in it at the yeah, moment. Yeah, very much so. It's I've certainly come. My original goal was just to do a hundred dollars a week. Um, <laughs> it's come a long way since then, actually. But you've got a lot so, more on your website than that. Yeah, no, <laughs> but I actually started, believe it or not. Um, one of the subjects in my uni was like a subject about entrepreneurship, and I and I and I sort of didn't believe some of the things that were in it, and yeah. you know, and, I, and it was all about oh, make this big, make a business plan and all, that, and it all just sounded like so complicated. And and when um, then there was one one of the research papers I did um, came across this this lecturer that was actually a entrepreneur, and she said, um, don't think about two steps in front, just think of the step, the next step now. And so I had, and I, I basically had no money and no, um, I didn't have a brilliant idea for anything or any of that. I just my next step was like, okay, well, it ain't, and you have to force yourself not to think down the road, right? Like, and my yeah, because you can was, defeat yourself very easily. Yeah, like it was, but it was amazing, sort of how it happened, and I still think it's amazing now. And that was like two and over two and a half years ago. But the, my next step, I I decided it was my New Year's resolution, so it must have been January. I decided that I was going to make a spin casting machine out of a washing machine. Oh wow! I found some instructions on the internet on how to do that. So my first step was to make that machine, and my first step was to actually buy a working wash machine, for, and I bought it for five bucks. But yeah, so I you I, I bought the that wash machine, and I think two hundred and fifty dollars later, I actually I turned it on, and it worked, which is nice. That had to feel good. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. But the, but the interesting thing about the theory of how that worked was like that then gave me the competent confidence to go to the next step. Yeah. Like I couldn't have done and gone and done that all at once. You know what I mean? Like so by defeating that, turning that on, having that, there's like oh wow, like I've achieved this. You know, and yeah. that then gives you the mental fortitude to do the next step. And then I, I the next step actually create the mold, uh, the vulcanizing thing for the mold. Yeah. To go it's always and, an expensive part. Yeah, that's right. It's a very expensive part. But, when it came you know, to creating the game itself, yeah, what came first? Did you you had the mechanics and tried to find something to fit it, or was it I love what this happened? stuff from my childhood. I want to make something from that. No, it was quite crazy how that started. So basically, I'd started producing the Traders Galaxy miniatures, like you know your forty k style miniatures, uh, dwarfs and you know yep. space and all that. And at the same time, I had this idea for a Transformers miniature game. So yeah. I then um, started designing those models for that. And I happened to speak to a good, well, it was a good friend of mine in the UK about doing it. He said, oh, I want to do something like that too. So I said, okay, well, let's maybe we do something together. So we started sort of working on it. But as it progressed, it became more and more and more difficult um, to do it. And I visited England during the whole, thing and it ended up ending in disaster so what i did then is that i took the scraps of what that was and basically wrote the bot war game in about a week the first edition bot war game in about a week and from there once we i mean aiden and i had been play testing it first game you couldn't even hardly play it was it's quite terrible that's um, fairly normal though yeah and um it was like there was just so many holes that you're filling in you know like it was terrible but one thing we did have we did have the former 
mechanic of how you pay the energy. Yeah. That's the only thing that was really kept from the old game. So so we just sort of started from scratch and uh, wrote first edition. You'll probably find in the first edition, if you ever got a hold of that, there's a lot of Warhammer type terminology in there. Um, just the it makes way sense because that's where you've come from. Yeah, that's right. The rules had been um, had come from. I tried to. I had some rules when I was about when I was. It was the first uh, rule book I'd ever written, and I had some rules. And a few of those rules like came from a lot of the old discussions about Warhammer fantasy rules about um, you know your rules lawyering and all that sort of stuff. And I and I made the decision that if it doesn't actually like if it doesn't actually say you can't do it, then you can do it. Maybe it was the opposite way around. If it if if it doesn't say you can do it, you can't do it, or something like that. But I chose yeah. that so that it's stuff. more black and white as opposed to the grey that GW yeah, that's does. right. Yeah, so I didn't want um, to always write the rules like a lawyer. Like, not only can I say what you can do, I also have to then go and say what you can't do. Yeah. So, and we just went through and created um, that. But the, but it worked. Okay. The first edition rules went okay. They were released pretty early, and and I I made all the cards on Word and, and PDF them and just gave them away for free as a download. But yeah. but it's come a long way since then. I think first edition was only going for about six months. It wasn't really sold at all. It was I think it was mostly a free download. And um, I decided then, like Aiden and I had been playing second edition for a while, and I decided, okay, well, I'm going to make this into a hard copy rule book because I need an actual proper starter set for people to be able yeah. to buy. It's the starter sets that bring people in. Yeah, exactly. And I, and if like my business model, believe like I don't know whether it was intentional or, or what, but actually my business model follows the early days of Games Workshop very closely. Like we're just... Well, if it's not broke. Yeah, that's right. But it's it's just on lightning speed. So we're just coming out of the rogue trader phase now. Yeah. So if the, if the Kickstarter does fund, then that will be the like the second edition box set you know like your 40 your version of 40k second edition box set so so we moving from metal into to resin models like better production um way more established and solidified background yeah. um the resin that, allows for bigger detail yeah all those things that um characterize um the, the move from rogue trader into second edition 40k are exactly almost the same elements that are characterizing the move of bot war from the current starter set into the um into the kickstarter starter set you know but i'm actually really happy with the new resin miniatures so the whole range will eventually go to resin the resin is so good it, it feels to me when you put it together and stuff it feels like injected plastic to me but yeah like in the rule book and, the, and especially the background side of things that's the that's really the of the game like not only have the miniatures like massively improved in two years, like massively, 10 times yeah. what two years ago. But actually the biggest improvement, even above the miniatures themselves, been the background. Like the background now is just like, it's huge. Yeah. So and let, Let's touch on the background. One of yeah. the bigger inspirations is the obvious one that you mentioned, Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's giant robots and it's we're yeah, roughly the same generation. It's not, it's not just that. It takes its inspiration yeah. from all, like it takes, 
its inspiration from Gundam and GoBots and Voltron and and all of those um, classic robot, um, including some stuff that people. I mean, I was a massive Dino Riders fan as a kid. Most people <laughs> don't remember it. Same yep. with goes with Mask. Yeah. Um, both of which are inspired into the game. Um, yeah. Obviously, GI Joe and Cobra are sort of inspired in there as well. Yeah. Um, but there's loads. There's, there's even more than that. There's like there's your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's uh, there's your classic 80s primetime TV shows like Knight Rider, Rockford yeah. Files, MacGyver, A Team, Back to the Future. Back to the Future's in there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. There's just loads of 80s references um, or inspirations throughout the whole thing. But when I when I'm actually talking about the background itself, I'm talking about the um, the actual whole background thread of the story that runs through yes. all of the N factions. Even though like the whole the the game itself is set in the 90 and in the alternative 1980s where the USA is called the democracy and and the Soviet Union is called Red Star Nations, but everything else is like would be identical to you know that 1980s retro feel. So it's just that this stuff actually happened as opposed <laughs> to it was all make believe in ours. <laughs> yeah, well maybe. <laughs> but what I mean is that if you look at the um, the bots have arrived on Earth, who they really are, and um, you know the whole thing with King Gills and Atlantica, and yeah. what the way Gorg has arrived on Earth, you know, and all, all that sort of stuff, all the threads uh, entwined into you know each other, and how Snake Corp came about, and and how you know what happened to the democracy, and all that sort of stuff. It's like there's quite a heavy background there. Yeah, and when we were talking originally, you kind of said that the background almost wrote itself. Yeah, it, it did actually. I remember the, um, I remember I was struggling um, after the first edition rulebook and I was really struggling to like take myself out of the mindset, those inspirations in order to create a completely unique story and background. And I actually um, stop seeing them as what they yeah, started yeah, as. Yeah, stop seeing giant robots as is anything that's already out there you know like and it's amazing like when um it's amazing when you try to do that how difficult it is like you think about it like over the last like 30 years billions and billions and billions of dollars has been spent to program you into thinking that a giant robot is this or a giant robot is that yeah, so, true. so to break past that but actually it's interesting i was actually I, i'd done a conversion and i'd and i'd painted up uh, i'd, I'd uh, swapped all arms and legs and heads and stuff around on a conversion and um i was painting up my first um own character um called hot wheel and as i was painting the model his whole backstory sprang to life like it just, nice. it, it just came to me as i was painting him like this 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 is his personality and this is his bio and once i had that then there, there was, i had um an, an atlantican robot um on the table because i'd created um the atlanticans right back at the start of the whole thing and they were actually the poorest sellers but now actually they're one of the best sellers of all which is 
is very unusual. The, it's always um, nice when things go full circle like that. Yeah, I think it's because like everyone else was struggling as well, the same way that I was to take the mindset away. And that's why the Atlanticans weren't. Um, but I think the fact that they're one of the best sellers now sort of proves that Bot War has come into its own and yeah. it is it is its own story. But I was, yeah, and I was painting, um, I had Omen's desk beside him and, and this rivalry developed between them in my, in, in my head, you know? And so the whole sort of backstory that these two used to be friends and they now don't like, like they hate each other and it's all like pan out. But that's that's actually going to come out in the comic soon, like the story of these two. So it's going to be... I'm looking forward to seeing that. You've been teasing that comic for a, a good week or so now. Well, yeah. Probably more, but that's what I've seen. It's just going to be a regular series. It's just going to go through. So Are you able to but, talk about who's doing that? Yeah, it's just Facebook mods. Steve, he's actually writing it. And um, one of my artists um, that I get to do all my cards and stuff, he's he's illustrating it. So, and I'm just doing the editing. So I'm I'm a big believe like this is like uh, something that goes beyond just Traders Galaxy for me. But I'm a massive believer like opportunity. Like I'm a big believer in opportunities now. I think that a lot of stuff for a lot of human beings is like 10% passion, 20% hard work, and then like 75% opportunity. A lot of times people simply don't get the opportunity from my perspective like with steve like he's always been passionate about his creative writing why the hell shouldn't he get an opportunity to have a shot at it you know i think his stories are great you know as far as i'm concerned i think it'll be i think it'll be really good but i'm, I'm a big believer that i think society's pigeonholed a lot of people and, and essentially what that's done is stifled the creativity of a lot of people you know my... this is where i steer back towards the kickstarter though oh, yeah, no. <laughs> the main goal of the kickstarter you've actually touched on already you want to move the range across from metal to resin yeah that's right um, i mean some of the differences there are fairly obvious um resin allows for greater detail on miniatures um especially compared to spin cast metal yeah um there's, is there any... there's a lot, yeah it's a lot more than it sorry i, I imagine you're going this direction probably sorry I'm, um... no i was just going to say is there any specific challenges that you've had to face because of it other than well, the obvious financial that, yeah that i think you like i don't think you um I would always advise if anyone's starting uh, starting out in this industry right, like this, right, to follow the sort of way everyone has to should start with metal because one, you can do metal yourself in your garage. So yeah. the cost the cost for doing metal is actually compared to anything else is like really really low, and you learn so much about it, like about molding and three D printing and all that sort of stuff in that initial phase. Like you, you learn so because it's not just a matter of like I mean, three D printing is an art; it's not a science. So, so there's just all these little things that you need to know when you're making miniatures um, that are going to be cast. There's a lot like you just learn so much, and so when you go speak to other people when you're ready to start branching out and taking your stuff external, then you can speak that language because you've you already know exactly what you want, and you're confident that you know exactly what you want, and that's especially important when you speak to foreign um, manufacturers 
you got to be absolutely adamant exactly what you want. So yeah, because if you don't, if you can't tell them, there's no way they know. I mean, it'll yeah. sound like you don't know what you want. Yeah, no, yeah, that's right. But also just like because they're very experienced, but if but they don't always. Sometimes they'll try and make things the way they want to make it, rather than how you know it should be made. Yeah, that's so, fair. Uh, there's more reasons to go to resin. Basically, it was like um, like spinning up a lot of models. It takes a long time for me, and because right. being sort of a one man operation you're also picking you're also packing you're also writing the games you're updating the cards you're updating the website you know all that sort of stuff so when you when i yeah outsource your manufacturer you get a larger quantities you can't really do that initially because the you have to get minimum quantities so the the price is quite high to do that so yes it would be and i'm glad i didn't because the amount of mistakes i made in the last two and a half years um it would have cost me a lot more but but yeah like it's i definitely think metal is the way to go to start it's cheap easy up and running get it happening in your garage and then as as things build you learn you you just you you um align yourself better with with what you want and you solidify your brand and then once you start doing that and things start picking up then you can start um uh transitioning into larger manufacturer i'm very passionate about supporting um independent stockers those got like i come from managing stores for games workshop in the UK so I, I definitely think that indie stores like there's a place for them um, and a very important place so I'm for, to be a bot war stockist you sort of have to have a bricks and mortar store and you have to um, you know have obviously bot war on a demo table at some point during the year that would um, make sense. we spoke in the news about the tiers that you've set up you've quite deliberately set the campaign out to be fairly straightforward it's a base 250 um, the next level goes to three 350 and then it's 400 and then 490 for the all-in initially yeah. you had it set up so that there was a lot more that was going to unlock later but yeah I, your I, customer base kind of said um you know if you allow us to pay more we will type yeah. thing I, it was to be fair it was my it's my first kickstarter and and i acknowledged that yeah. i haven't i haven't done it fantastically in the sense that um my thoughts were it was it was i thought it would go quite well because my thoughts were that it was always going to be a bit of a hill to get over that initial 200 um, backers yes so i thought okay that's going to be a hill but once that's happened every 14 everyone gets a free miniature so i th i thought once it hit those stretch goals it would sort of then just, just cruise smoothly yeah just cruise downhill i wasn't actually really expecting it to slow down like it, it just shot up like straight away and then i wasn't expecting it to sort of stall for a bit so but it's, it seems to be going now because I actually I realised uh, someone someone sent me a question saying that oh you know what happens if like no additional stretch goals get unlocked and I felt uncomfortable about that myself because oh yes all the, value, all the value in the campaign was in the stretch goals right so I thought to myself you know what like I'd had actually a bit of a windfall with manufacturing partners on certain uh, prices for, for certain things so I thought you know what I'm going to just pass it on and unlock all the democracy and dinoball stretch goals straight away because i just i just felt uncomfortable not having my customers get that value like if it if it came down to it and they weren't going to get that value then i didn't i didn't like 
that idea. So yeah. at least now everyone, I think, I think everyone gets like 38 models if it, if it funds. Um, it's the around there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Oh, if they get the ultimate pledge, they do. Yeah. Cause it's, um, also got, um, also added the extra pledges as well with the investors and the overlords. Yeah. So, so yeah, like I think it's the overlords that I'm on. I don't remember. Yeah. The, um, so I feel more comfortable now yeah. that the lead people are unlocking like a lot of value now, um, straight up. And so even if the stretch goals don't fund, um, then actually everyone's got some great value. So yeah. that's, uh, it's, it's much better now, but, um, you know, it, I think it's, I think we've got like 20 something days to go and it's like 65 or 66% funded or something. Yep. So, um, you're currently sitting at, uh, 33,418. So yeah, it's around 65 ish. Yeah. Okay. 22 oh, well, days to go. We'll see how, I, I, I don't know how these work. Like I, a lot of people say that the last 48 hours is, is usually strong. Um, so and they can be, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? And I actually wanted to deliver everything this year. Like, even though I have January written in the, in the Kickstarter, that's like the, if something happens, something bad. goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I was hoping to deliver by start of November. So well, fingers crossed. Yeah. So, you know, if it, if it's, um, if it funds, then hopefully that will happen. Like my manufacturing partner reckons they can have um, all the miniatures completed in the three to four months. So, and I definitely should have the rule book and all that completed by then. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty pleased with how it's gone. And, and a big thank you to all the backers that have backed it so far. Like it's, it's a humbling experience to know that so many people like want to play your game and stuff. Yeah. Especially the amount of work that goes into putting into them. Yeah, that's right. Like I 10 factions in the game and all of them play differently which is fantastic as well because you know how you get uh games where your personality sort of resonates with a certain faction yeah and you that's your that's your main faction you know that you like playing and so we're going into uh bot war that these were all the things i wanted to add i, I wanted to make sure that each faction played differently um i wanted to make sure you know that the rules were simple i wanted to make sure that there was a like there was some heavy themes and like it was scenario play um because the, the actual game's been written with a six game tournament meta in mind is that oh yes is, i remember hearing that, about this in one of your um you and aiden yeah. was talking about this during one of your battles yeah so so my factions I, are designed to compete against each other yeah that's right so like the idea is that you get if you went to a tournament within six games you should come up against a faction that you don't gel with like that you unless of like, course you're me and then you roll like crap every single time yeah, well, that was my that was usually my thing in the in the UK GTs is always seem to come up against you know game three game three always seemed to come up against someone that um, just like wiped me out like it's just my rollings were just so bad but um, but yeah like that's that's the whole idea I, I definitely want uh, Bot War to be played in tournaments at some point because I just think that that style of gaming is is quite fun and like the whole, the way Bot War has been set up I'm pretty confident that there's no redundant characters uh one of the big bugbears all the time with like other games that i used to play is just like oh you know the new thing comes out and it's just like super powerful and, and people pay five of them yeah you know and that's power that's, creep. yeah that's their that's their thing but actually in bot war like a new character come out and it might be what i would call like a general class character and that's not really a official term that's just what i would call it and and it's it is powerful but you can't take like a bunch of those because 
because if you did, um, unlike other games, Bot War has a third balance lever in it. So you've obviously got your points, then you've got your stat line, but actually then you've got the energy that they that you use to power your turn. Oh, yeah, and you can't use everything at once. Yeah, that's right. So you can't, like the big guys, you can't, um, they they don't come with a huge um, reserve of energy. Yeah. So, no, that makes sense. You know, because you can't, you got no energy to boost your shields, you've got no energy to boost your attacks, you've got, you know... You, you need find the support in order to get them the power they need. That's exactly right. Yeah, so, no, that makes sense. So, you know, you need to take those little, um, the little bots and that, that are not only cheaper, their stat line is not great, but actually, for, for what they bring to the game versus their points, they're actually better, you're actually, they're actually better. Three, three or four small guys would bring down a big guy, because the dice stack in close attack. So, if you can if you can like the big guys are fun and stuff like that but the the little guys as well like they they bring just as much or just as important to bring to the game and it's not an easy it's not an easy balance to find um there's certain companies that don't do it very well at all but they don't pretend to either um there's others that do it better um it's definitely i'm definitely more a fan of your mind of thinking than the workshop of games type thinking (laughs) well it's just about i think i think from a fun perspective yeah like and then and because the game i like even though the game is can be played in tournaments and i'd like that to happen i also like also the idea of a narrative to the game so like i just don't see a bunch of just big general class characters just hanging out by themselves do you know what i mean like they they take probably have too much ego to anyway yeah taking a balanced force as far as i'm concerned is actually more fun for the player like for both players so not only is it more fun for the player using the force because they're challenged how to get the most out of the different types of characters because there's different types of characters they can they're actually really strong against a certain group of models but then incredibly weak against another group of models which is a nice way to go yeah like every whenever i've written any any rule or any stat card for any model i there's always a drawback like every single model in bot war has an achilles heel when i say achilles heel i mean like someone might be really good at ranged attack but they're absolutely terrible at close attack like yeah. those those sort of things so or they're a glass cannon or yeah that's yeah. right like, that's right so there's there's just all these um there's all these like drawbacks that you have to try and manage in the game if you're going to take that character it's something i'm gonna have fun looking at i mean hobby yeah, come first but i think we'll leave it there though oh okay like i've said guys bot war is on kickstarter for at this stage it's 22 days it's probably going to be around 20 by the time this goes live traders galaxy is it .com.au? .com.au. Cool. Um, have a look at the current models. Gives you an idea of what you're looking at. We will obviously be linking to the Kickstarter directly um, because that's where the attention needs to go. No worries. Thanks again thanks. for the opportunity, man. Yeah, thanks very much, mate. I really appreciate it. Um, it's still the same to upcoming events. Upcoming events. Um, Gen Con, in theory, is still happening in 95 days, 30th of July till the 2nd of April. Um, it's currently a big question mark as to whether Captain Sox is going to be there or not. 
PAX Australia is, in theory, still happening. Tickets are still not on sale yet. So all of that's still the same. There's not really any major upcoming events right now. Um, only thing I would say, with your local online, sorry, with your local communities, if your gaming community has a Facebook page or a website or anything like that, start paying more attention to it because there's some of them that are actually organizing online meetups. So it would be worth following along with that if you're not already, because, hey, if you've got a way to keep in touch with other people, that'll help stop you going mad. Also, George. Yes. Do you like the name that I gave Captain Socks this week? Colonel Non-Coldfoot. That is, that is quite nice. I kind of was like, Colonel Von St- I don't know. I was trying to make it sound <laughs> stupidly German or something. Like from, was it MASH that had? No, it's not MASH. What's the one where they were trying to escape out of the German camp every week? It was an old comedy show from the 80s. Oh, uh, Hogan's, Hogan's Heroes. Heroes. Thanks, JP. I was trying to think of something along those lines, and he's not even here to say it. I'm upset. Alrighty. Um, Patreon, patreon.com slash getting tables. Uh, this is new. Just ask uh, JP. Uh, yep. Facebook, obviously, facebook.com slash getting tabled. Twitter at getting tabled. And website, gettingtabled.weebly.com. Uh, new little feature that we have turned on. And JP's probably horrified right now. Uh, he does have access to our recording channel. He can't say anything, which is great because now we can just make fun of him all we want. He can't say anything back. <laughs> <laughs> but we also have our, uh, our, our voice uh, video streams turned on so uh, JP can look at us while we're uh, recording. Poor bugger gets to see my ugly mug. Hey, at least it's not first thing in the morning for him, so. Yeah, try. Um, you're, you're, you're the one that gets to look at me in the morning, so. Yay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, Twitter is something we need to use more often. Our Facebook is actually quite active. Um, our Patreon has exclusive stuff that's going to be going into it. There is a monthly thing with our pictures of our actual hobby, um, there's going to be articles that we're writing as well, uh, especially once, you know, we actually have a number of people in there. At this stage, it's me and JP. Yay, go me and JP. Um, look, any assistance that you guys can give is going to be helpful. At this stage, George has been paying a lot of the stuff to keep this going. Um, it's just, yeah, still there, still growing. Any assistance you can give would be greatly appreciated if you're in a position to do so. And with that... I can't say keep playing more games. I don't remember what I said last time. Thank you for listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org Stay away. Go away. Don't get close to me. I don't know. I need to think of something instead of play more games.